horsemen. The earth was not their friend. If they could, they would have bred their sons while in the saddle, and then had them suckled on mare's milk and horse blood till they, too, could ride the winds. Bending over, he opened the flap to the black felt tent, crawled inside the yurt, and sealed the skin doorway behind him. Jutai's eyes were little more than black slits, set in deep folds of leathery skin, nearly sealed shut from the years spent staring across the open spaces and squinting to keep the eternal grains of sand from blinding him. He focused on the beast where it was safely chained to a stout post driven deep into the earth. He made certain to keep it chained out of harm's way. Harm to him. Already two of his men had been attacked when they had ventured too close to it. Both were strong fighting men with several kills to their credit and glory, but they, too, now made certain of each of the thick links of iron chain that secured the animal. One, Horjad, had his left arm nearly torn off at the socket, which meant that he was now almost useless and would live his days out as carrion dog fit only for the scraps of life tossed to him by an indifferent master. The other, Bodasi, was more fortunate. He had lost only his right ear and the thumb of the right hand where the beast had chewed it off before Jutai could whip the creature off him. Jutai's two women huddled in their corner of the yurt, not looking at their master lest he wish something of them. The things he wished for usually caused pain to others. Their faces and eyes remained still as they worked lumps of rancid fat into their hair, working the greasy strands into thick braids, which they then wrapped around their flattened foreheads. Jutai removed his goatskin jacket, the one with the hair turned to the outside, scratched absently at an itinerant louse chewing away at his crotch, and lay down on a cushion of horsehair to eat, cold mutton and a piece of horse flesh from one of his animals, which had just rolled over on its side and died the day before, tongue hanging out of slobbering jaws. The cause of death was unknown. The meat tasted as it should, even served more raw than cooked. This was washed down with kumas, the acrid brew of fermented mare's milk, Eyeing his beast, he thought the creature looked a bit under the weather. He needed for it to keep its strength up for the coming contests, not out of charity, for there was none in his soul, if he had one. Jutai tossed the best part of the lamb haunch he'd been gnawing on. Never did he smile at or acknowledge it. However many beatings he gave his animal, he was— as with his prize horses and stock, careful not to cripple it. After all, he had a solid investment in the animal, having paid hard shekels of Persian silver for it in the bazaar of Samarkand, where it had killed three opponents one after the other, and the last was killed as easily as the first. Now the ugly creature would fight for him until it was either killed, or perhaps if offered enough, he would sell it take the money and leave these two worn-out things he had for women and go past the wall of Chin, 
where the women were soft and the wine did not sour on the stomach. His stomach, beneath his wrappings of hide and filth-soaked cloth of undetermined origin, gurgled in protest at the reception of Jutai's normal diet of soured mare's milk and coarse meat. Rising, he moved grunting to the side of the tent nearest the women, where he pulled down his breeches and urinated with a strong yellow stream on the sand by their sleeping robes. The beast chewed at the sinewy bone, tearing at the ligaments with strong yellow teeth, grunting in pleasure when it managed to separate a small piece of real flesh from the bone. It kept its eyes away from Jutai, afraid that he would lose his temper again and gain no more for his efforts than another lashing of the animal's already deeply scarred and mutilated hide.